Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. My name is Molly. I've been coming to this church for nearly three years since I moved to Colac. Um, When Coxie asked me if I wanted to get up and share today, I wasn't too keen, but I went and prayed about it and God reminded me of a scripture, Romans 9, 17, which says, I've appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So obviously I couldn't say no. Um, God has done an amazing work in my life. Christmas used to be a time that I would dread. It meant two days where I couldn't get high or hide my eating disorder from my family. Growing up, I didn't know Jesus. I just thought that he was a fairy tale character or something that people had made up. And maybe for people listening today, this is still true for you. But because of Jesus, I've been given a second chance at life and a completely different ending for my story. The Christmas story is an amazing story, really. Not only because God sent down Jesus as our savior, but because God did it in the most unlikely way. Just like my own story, God chose to display his power through imperfect circumstances. As many of us would know, being pregnant and giving birth with modern medicine and a clean room is hard enough as it is without traveling nearly 150 kilometers by foot whilst heavily pregnant through the Judean desert and the heavily forested valley along the Jordan River. Apparently in those days, there were lions and wild boars that people had to defend themselves from, as well as bandits that were known to rob people traveling through the desert. It sounds awful. They would have had to have had a lot of faith that God would get them through the journey. And then when they finally arrived, Bethlehem was so crowded that they didn't even have somewhere clean and warm to stay when Mary went into labor. But along came Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, placed into a manger. Thomas mentioned last week, but for those of you who don't know, a manger is literally a trough that animals would eat from, and that's where Jesus slept for the first night, as a tiny precious baby. Sometimes we want our lives to be perfect, but even Jesus' life started out far from perfect. And I think because of this, we can learn so much about God's plan for our own lives, and how much more he cares about our character and inward transformation, not just our circumstances. Because of Jesus being born, We now have hope that we can become Christ-like, which doesn't mean that we'll have a perfect life or that we'll always be comfortable, but it does mean that God will be with us and that we have a chance to be like Jesus in how we love, act, and speak. 2 Corinthians 4.8 says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering... Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. For a few years, I've had a personal struggle that I found very challenging. I remember praying to God, desperately asking him to take it away and heal me on many occasions. But all I ever heard back was, my grace is all you need. At the time, I was so frustrated with God. I was completely focused on my problems that I couldn't understand how I could possibly feel joy or have everything I needed if I wasn't healed. 
but little did I know that God had given me everything that I needed already and he had a plan and a purpose for me to grow and that his spirit was strengthening me through the imperfect circumstances. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, God says to Paul in a vision, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness for when I am weak, then I am strong. The first time I read this scripture, I didn't understand how it applied to my situation. But God has shown me that I am strong through him even when my circumstances aren't perfect and especially when my circumstances aren't perfect because I do have everything I need and now it has become one of my favourite scriptures. I don't know much but I do know that I wouldn't be standing up here if Jesus was a fairy tale character. Because of Jesus being born, I now have hope for a great future filled with peace that can only come from having a relationship with God and you can too. If you don't know Jesus, I pray that you will get to know him. Before I finish, I have one last scripture to share with you. John 3:16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Hi, my name is Sally and I'm super excited to be sharing with you today. I'm going to share about something from the first Christmas story that stands out to me. I think that most of us would have heard the story plenty of times, but had never seemed to get tired of it. There's something about it that just makes us go back time and time again. Jesus, the Son of God, being born in a stable and placed in a feeding trough. I mean, a story can't really get much better than that. This morning, we're going to get a little deeper than the surface to see if we can find out why this is so much more than a story. Let's go back a few hundred years before this event and read a passage in Isaiah 7:14. If you were here last week, you might remember this verse. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When this prophecy was fulfilled, it showed us so many things, and all of these things fall really close to my heart. God always knows what is going to happen. Nothing is a surprise for him. God always has a plan. He is one specially made for each one of us. God's plans never fall through. Nothing is ever... Nothing he does is ever a mistake. God always lets us in in the secret. Some, um, God also lets us in on the secret sometimes before he does something big. Right back at the beginning in the Garden of Eden, God warned Adam and Eve not to eat that fruit, or they would go through great suffering. And be, before the flood was, before the flood came, God showed, let those who followed him closely know what was going to happen. Before Jesus' birth, there were heaps of prophecies of the Messiah and even now we know that Jesus is coming back and we need to prepare ourselves for his return. That first Christmas changed the world. How much better can a story get than that? Knowing that there is a road already laid out for me is a huge encouragement in the, my day-to-day life. Knowing the path is laid out for us, Following the path that is laid out for us, there will always be times of testing and struggles. And when I remember that this is all part of God's plan, it means that I have no need to worry or be afraid. God, Because no, God knows what is coming, I can trust that whatever happens is not a surprise for God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. While we celebrate this Christmas, think back to the very first Christmas and remind yourself that you are part of an 
an amazing plan and that God is taking care of you every step of the way. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good morning, church. How are we all? That's good. So good to be here and excited to share this, um, this message with you guys. So uh, here we go. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Frank and I've become a Christian and joined the church about 18 months ago after meeting two wonderful people at a coffee shop and wanting to reunite with God before being a Catholic all my life. Christmas is a time of joy and celebration for it was the birth of our Jesus, the Son of God. Imagine a newborn baby being born in a manger and placed in a feed trough. The wise men following that star as they knew something special had happened as they bowed down to, the, to worship this little baby named Jesus and in years to come was going to be our saviour. Christmas is also a special time to spend with family and friends to enjoy Christmas lunch, dinner, together and if you're lucky and you've been good, a few presents as well. But also Christmas time can be a time of grieving, loss, loneliness for many people. In 2010, December 16, my mum passed away from a long battle of cancer, age 61. Three days before her birthday and nine days before Christmas. Instead of getting organised for Christmas, our family were organising funeral arrangements. And years after, Christmas time was always a struggle for me. I didn't see the joy of it and with a young family it was hard. Thinking Christmas time would never be the same without Nonna, as we called her, and her not seeing the boys grow up was heartbreaking for me. As time has gone on, it has become easier. Even now, there are days that I question God why mum was taken at such an early age. Talking to God any time of the day or night and praying has made me realise my prayers are being answered and knowing that God is always by my side, guiding me through every day. I'm so grateful for this and my love and faith for God is unfailing. Just a couple of last things I'd like to conclude is an encouraging message and then, and then uh, prayer. Enjoy Christmas and the special occasions with family and friends. Never lose sight that nothing is impossible for God. Every good thing comes from God. We all agree with this, that every good thing comes from God. But do our words and attitude agree with it? One way to find out is to ask, is it obvious to others that I believe God is the provider of everything good in my life? Think of something or someone good you have. Now work backwards until you find God as the source of that good thing. Realising God is the source of our good comes with many benefits. Not only do we become more grateful when we realise we're anxious about loss, better at caretaking, more generous in giving and less friendly to pride. Always trusting God as did Mary and Joseph, even though there would have been many challenges for them. When baby Jesus was born 
And as the word was out, King Herod ordered soldiers to kill all baby boys two years and under. So Mary and Joseph had to flee from Bethlehem to save their son. Mary and Joseph continued to trust in God as they made many changes in their life. We ourselves can always trust in God. Now we have some prayer. God, thank you for all your goodness, not just for the good things, experiences and people, but just for you, for who you are, because Lord, you are so good. Fill my heart and mind with gratitude for my relationship with you. Today, we pray for those people who have recently gone through tragedies so close to Christmas. We are thinking of the Scott family, the tragedy of the young children in Tasmania, and others that people may know. God help us in trusting you. Amen. Colossians 3, 16, 17. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Thank you. the reason Jesus is the reason amen and as we look back and think about Christmas today as we think about the prophecies as we think about Elizabeth and Zechariah the shepherds the wise men the angels King Herod and all those things that happened I think if we're really honest though sometimes we can feel like that was a very distant thing that happened to us today I think sometimes if we're honest we feel so removed from that time and that place we can hear the story and think what a beautiful story but it feels like it's something that happened in some other, some other world even though some of us have actually been to those places hands up those who have been to those places yeah there's a few of you but Jesus didn't come just so we would have a nice story Jesus didn't come just so that we could have special food and big celebrations and and pretty lights Jesus didn't come just so that we could buy lots of stuff for each other every year. Jesus came so that we could all be changed. Jesus came so that I could be changed. Jesus came so that you could be changed by his love. Have a listen to what it says in John chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus says, as he prays, he says, I'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given to me to be with me where I am 
then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Jesus came that we might be changed. He prayed that we would be one, one with one another, unified, like we talked about last week, peace and shalom, that we would have a oneness together in Christ. But most of all, that we would have a oneness with God. We would have a relationship with God in this life and for eternity. Now, I don't know about you, but I know there's times in my life, there are moments probably many moments when I have not lived like I'm in complete unity with God. And not about you kids, but there's been times when I was a kid who, who got a little bit angry at times. And I remember times when I got mad and I, I smashed my brother's Lego. <laughs> like that's the, the pinnacle of all sins, isn't it? <laughs> to smash your brother or your sister's Lego. Kids, don't do that. That's not kind. There's moments when I haven't done things that would honour God as a teenager growing up and trying to decide how God wanted me to live. There's decisions I made that didn't honour God. And let's be honest, as an adult, as a dad, as a husband, as a pastor, I don't live up to my, even my own expectations of how I want to live for God, let alone His glorious standard at times. We all struggle, but that's why Jesus came and we're going to have communion together shortly and I'm going to ask the stewards if they would come and hand out the biscuit which reminds us of Jesus broken body as he was nailed to the cross his body was was sacrificed upon that cross so that we could have forgiveness and eternal life and we have the the cup the grape juice to remind us of Jesus' blood that was poured out. And I want to invite you this morning, for every one of us, even if you're visiting here for the first time, we invite you to join us as we take communion this morning. If you don't feel comfortable, that's fine too. But as a church, we have communion every single week because we want to remind ourselves that Jesus came and gave his life. Not just for shepherds, not just for wise men, not for kings, but for dads who know they haven't always done the right thing. For 12-year-old girls, for kids who know we've sinned and disobeyed God. He came and gave his life for mums, for married mums, for single mums, for sons, for daughters. He gave his life on that cross for every single one of us. To give his life as a sacrifice for our sins so that he would pay our death penalty on the cross. And kids, whether you're five years old, whether you're 50 years old or you're 105 years old, Jesus came and gave his life on that cross for you. He died even though he'd never sinned. He gave his life. He didn't deserve to die, but he gave his life willingly to pay the penalty that we could never pay. Just as we take the emblems in our hands, just let's hold those together until we can eat and drink together. This morning as we receive the biscuit and the cup, 
as we just listen to this music this morning, these guys are going to play for us. I want us to remember Jesus coming. I want us to remember his coming to give his life. The greatest gift we could ever know. I want to invite you to receive his forgiveness. Not just the, the biscuit and the cup, but as we hold them and as we eat and drink in just a moment, let's say thank you, Jesus, for what you've given for me. This is the stewards finish handing out the emblems. I want to read one last time. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. It says, And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They saw the sign. They saw the star. And they came and they worshipped the Saviour. And this morning and, and over this Christmas time, as we see the signs that it's Christmas, as we see the lights and we see the, the celebrations, as we see the nativity scenes, I want to encourage you to come, to see the signs and come and worship Him, to bow down, to humble ourselves and say, thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. You took my place so that I could be forgiven and have eternal life. I was going to pray. God, we thank you so much for coming to this world that you created. We thank you, Jesus, for this time of communion that you told us to eat and drink, remembering and celebrating what you have done for us, that we can be set free from our sin, that we can have eternal life. And God, I just pray for every single one of us this morning, even as we have this time together. Lord, we want to bow down. We want to humble ourselves. We want to surrender to you again this morning. God, we say, please, Lord, have your way in us. Lord, we are sorry for the things that we have done that, that grieve your heart, Lord. We thank you that you so loved the world that you came, that anyone who believes in you, anyone who puts their trust in you can have forgiveness and eternal life. And Lord, that is why we are here today. That is why we celebrate. And we just want to give you the praise and all the glory this morning as we just say thank you in Jesus' name. Let's eat and drink together now.